I know we talked about this a couple months ago, this infinite game idea, which of course is not my idea, far from it, stolen from many other places. There's a great book called The Infinite Game, or Finite and Infinite Games, I think it's called. Anyway, it's a great book. Um, it's kind of a head scratcher, but at the same time, kind of a head expander, all in the good ways. But we talked a bit about that, but I realized, you know, and when you're doing one of those things where you're in a plane and you're stuck and it's seven hours from Dublin to Chicago and you're taking notes and you're thinking about, what am I going to do? And I like to have, you know, take my plane time, not just to kill Netflix episodes, but really to kind of go, okay, look, the, the Wi-Fi is off. There's no internet. No one's going to text me. No one's going to bug me. No one's going to email me. Let's just think through some problems. Let's just think of what the next thing is. And sometimes it's personal stuff, and sometimes it's work stuff, and sometimes it's podcast stuff, and sometimes it's just stuff stuff. And one of the things that I, you know, and the best way I do it is I take notes as I do it so I remember. So that if I actually, you know, accidentally wander onto something useful, I go, oh yeah, hey, that's useful because I can see it after I do it. Way more information than you needed, but here we go. So I realized this as I'm taking notes and thinking through a problem, I realized this, that I've kind of solved this reason why that employer brand is an infinite game. And I, I touched on it last time. I don't think I really kind of explained it and defined it. And I think once you see it this way, it's an opportunity for you to understand why employer brand is both so easy and so difficult at the same time. Right? You know, you, you know, if you're new at the game, you know, it's very easy to say, oh, what we have to do is just talk about this thing. And just doing that thing elevates your game so much. You're like, great, I've done a great job. I must be really excellent at that. But then you ask, how do I do it again? And it's suddenly you realize it's very hard to do. It's a, it's a tough game to play. So I want to dive into that. Hopefully you get something out of that. Uh, otherwise, uh, you know, it's another waste of your time. And there you go. Um, we'll be right back. Welcome to the Talent Cast, the world's most caffeinated employer brand and recruiting podcast. I'm your host, James Ellis. Thanks so much for listening. If this is your first time for joining in, we do things a little differently. We try and do deep dives. There's not a lot of interviews here. There's not a lot of news here. This is about how do we get smarter and better? And that means how do I get you smarter and better? How do I get you to think about these problems at a deeper level so that you can solve them and look like a genius to your boss? If this isn't the first time you've been here, thanks so much for returning. Feel free to share with your friends, your coworkers, your boss. I don't know. Uh, we really do appreciate that. All right, let's get into it. Hey, how you doing? James Ellis here. Uh, housekeeping just got back from Wreckfest. Had a blast. Can't wait to see if that happens again because I don't know that you can top that one. Um, I've got a bunch of other speaking things coming up. Uh, what else? What else? What else? You know, just stuff. Just stuff. Let's just keep it at that. Um, the book, again, um, I'm, I'm looking to self-publish it. I just got an email that may kind of derail that in a good way. So we'll see how that goes. I like to keep you all open, you know, you know, up to date and in the loop. Uh, try not to keep too many secrets on that. But uh, I'll let you know how that goes. Otherwise, uh, I, I posted a couple of possible covers to LinkedIn. You know, only 23,000 views. It's That's pretty standard for me. Yikes. Um, wow, people have a lot of opinions about covers and what how I should design and especially when I put a typo in it by accident everybody points it out but yeah trust me I will copy re copyright it or copy read it copy read it proofread it thank you uh, before I actually put it out to the world don't worry anyway let's talk about this idea of employer brand never being solved so here's you know I, I kind of tripped on this idea about eight months ago nine months ago maybe where I kind of put together this idea of how to think through at a very 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 base level an employer brand I know I've talked about the bird's nest and I've talked about all these different metaphors but I wanted to kind of get at this idea of it's a really simple graph that your employer brand is a function of two elements the first being clarity as as in 
who are you? What do you stand for? Why do you, you know, why do you matter? Why do you exist? All that good stuff. What are you about? What's it like to work there? Clarity. And the other is reach. And so if you have a kind of a graph kind of thing, uh, for those of you who don't like math, I'm sorry, but this is just the teeny, it's a graph, come on, everybody loves a graph. Um, you know, on one axis you have clarity and one axis you have reach, you get to say things like, okay, so let's say you have a company that's very, very, very clear in what they have, you know, it's a smaller company, it's a very focused company, they're not kind of saying all sorts of crazy different messages, they are very, very clear on what they're all about and why they exist but they haven't really pushed out that message very well. They haven't activated it. They haven't gotten their employees too involved in it. They don't use it on job postings. They don't use it on ads or anything like that. So it's not well, you know, there's very, very little reach. So it's a very, very small. And what you kind of do is, you know, and there's no real, there's again, there's no real math here, but you say, you kind of calculate the area. For those of you who remember uh, Dead Poet Society, that textbook that kind of says, this is how you calculate the volume of a poem, right? Um, there's the artistic sentiment and there's the textual sentiment and the area inside that space is the value of it. So the bigger the area, the better. Kind of the same thing, except not as much Robin Williams, and I won't pretend I am anywhere near in that league. Um, but that's the idea, is that you say, okay, this brand has great clarity. It's very clear what they're all about. They have a mission, they're committed to it, they talk about it internally a lot, they clearly buy into it. This is clearly the reason people show up for it. They just forget to talk about it to candidates, so they forget to talk about it to the world. So lots of clarity, very little reach. Conversely, you look at a lot of big name brands who, because they're big, they have an issue where the left hand and the right hand don't always know what they're doing. Um, you know, one hiring manager is like, I'll write the job posting and they write all sorts of crazy stuff and it's like, what, where did this come from? And then the HR writes something or there's another recruiter writes something or the glass door posts are all over the place or you know, the, the reason why people like to work there are all over the place that there's not a, like a cohesive sense of why but because it's a big company because they have big brand recognition and because they have machines effectively that push that message out they have great reach the problem is with all that reach they're telling 20 different stories and none of them kind of line up so if you're getting a story so a recruiter calls you and says hey would you like to work at this big company and you're like yeah that's great can you tell me more about the company and they said we are incredibly supportive about our team you say, that sounds fantastic. That's exactly what I want. I'm sorry, I'm putting that, you know, doing that voice for your head. I don't know. And then you go to Glassdoor and you're like, this place is a cutthroat nightmare. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then you go to Google and you see that people are talking about how they're super committed to their mission. And then you go um, talk to a friend. He's like, yeah, you know what? It's all about, uh, you know, doing, uh, I don't know, something else. You're starting to realize that everything's kind of misaligned, that no touch, no two touch points are the same. And you go, there is zero clarity here. I do not get what this company's about. The fact that they spread that message far and wide is great and all, but since they're spreading 17,000 different messages, not going to do a lot of work. Um, and I think in the next podcast, I'm going to talk about, and this should touch on it, this idea that brand is effectively a pattern. So if you start to see the same words and the same ideas over and over again, then you start to realize, yeah, that's the kind of pattern they are, right? We did the bird's nest thing. The more you have certain kinds of elements in your bird's nest, the more people go, oh, you're all about that thing and not about those other things, right? You see it over and over again, you form a pattern. However, if you have all 27 different messages, you go, there's no pattern here. Nothing is real. I'm going to walk away because I'm uncertain of what the job is all about, there you go. So if you're, again, calculating the, val the, 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 the area of those spaces, the first company has very good clarity but no reach. The second company has very bad clarity and lots of reach. Effectively, they have the same value of employer brand. So what do you do? Okay, well, it's very simple. If you have no reach, extend your reach. 
figure out, okay, we're all about X and Y and Z. How do we start to encourage our staff to talk about it? How do we start to encourage marketing teams to talk about it? How do we encourage internal comms to get involved? How do we encourage whoever's writing our ad copy to get involved? How do we encourage our recruiters to use it as touch points? How do we make sure it's part of our interview loop? How do we make sure embed, 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 embed? So that you can say, look, the clarity exists. I'm not having to... Um, bake anything in that doesn't exist. I'm not having to manufacture anything. I'm simply taking what is and putting it out to the world to say, see, look at this. This is what we're about. And by extending the reach on a very, very clear brand, you create a very strong employer brand. Other way, if you say, look, this is a company with a lot of different messages, but the reach is fantastic, your job is to clarify. Your job is to say, look, you can't be all things to all people. This is very much a positioning model, this idea that, uh, and, and I'm stealing from David C. Baker, so I'm stealing some of his talking points. By the way, The Business of Ex Expertise, fantastic book, highly recommend. Anyway, his idea is that agencies tend to see, and, and forgive that it's agencies, not candidates, but the, the parallels are very, very clear here. Agencies go, okay, what are you all about? Because most agencies are kind of, yeah, we do marketing stuff or we do creative stuff. We do all, whatever the client needs. And you go, yeah, but that makes you like every other agency in the world. And I don't understand why you're different from another one. Oh, we're the best. Wouldn't every other agency say that too? I don't understand why you're different. So in order to become a better agency, and to you, what you do is you clarify your position. You say, what we do is we market digitally to the Latinx community um, and social media. You're very, very focused, or you're all about consumer packaged goods to a particular audience using a specific channel. So brands like Coke and Walmart and, you know, not, not that I'm getting specific, but big, big, big name brands, you know, very retail-centric brands, they don't have one marketing agency. They have one marketing agency, which is called the Agency of Record, who oversees the entire marketing messages. But that company may farm out or bring in other agencies who are very, very specific. So if you need a Snapchat solution, that agency might say, well, we could ramp up some Snapchat people and figure it out for you eventually. And you'd say, yeah, but you'd be pretty mediocre at it because you have no experience at it. You haven't done it before. You don't know, you know, you haven't done it a lot. So what you do instead is you go find a Snap, Snapchat specialist. And there are agencies that do nothing but specialize in Snapchat, specialize in digital. So, and my, digital too, uh, I'm sure there's a company out there that specializes in digitals to senior citizens. You know, it's a, it's a market you're trying to reach. They are the experts. And that's a function of positioning. By saying, I'm crystal clear about this is why I do it and this is how I do it and this is who I reach, you know when you need that sort of thing, they're who you go to. You don't go to, you know, a big old marketing agency that has a lot, can do any, you know, lots of things okay. You say, I'm going to go get the expert and that's the expert. And that's how you position an agency. At the same way, there's a lot of parallels to how you position your company. If you can be all things to all people, what? How, what am I supposed to pitch to you? Am I supposed to figure out what you're all about and say, we're like that too? And you're like, well, yeah, I don't believe that because I'm going to go look at Glassdoor and I'm going to go look at LinkedIn and I'm going to talk to friends. I'm going to go Google you and I'm going to see that there are different messages. I'm going to say, I think you're full of it because I can't see any validation about what your messages are anywhere else. So employer brand is a positioning game. You say, look, we're all about being collaborative and supporting each other. 
great. Does that mean you're not also a little competitive? No, I didn't say that. I didn't say that your position was mutually exclusive. I didn't say that you didn't have a mission or you didn't care about it. I didn't say that you didn't have work-life balance or that you don't develop your teams or whatever those elements are. I'm saying this is the one thing that differentiates you enough that you stick to it. That's what clarity is all about. Not 17 messages, but one or two tightly focused aligned messages. Going back to the David C. Baker positioning thing. So when an agency is asked to do a positioning experience, exercise, you say, okay, if, can you kind of do a Mad Lib thing where you say, we do blank to this audience in this way. If you can fill in that Mad Lib, that's your positioning. We do digital social media to senior citizens uh, around consumer packaged goods. We do automotive market, or sorry, we do um, billboards for, uh, we do print marketing for automotive companies in, the, in North America. We do super, super focus. Now because, and that works because you're not some massive company and that's fine, you get specific. So when companies go through this example, they go through this exercise, they look back and they say, okay, let's look at all of our customers. It must be really easy to define who we are. We just look at who our customers are. And it turns out you have all these different projects and all these different uh, clients and all these different examples and you can't draw a circle, a simple circle around all of them. Except if you do, if you expand that circle to loop all of them, you just kind of say, we do marketing to people which is the exact inverse of what you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be fine tuning. You're supposed to be focusing. You're supposed to be getting a super, super specific. Why? Because if you're specific and clear, people understand what you're about. So when you go through that exercise, the company owner or owners or principals always have a hard time letting go and saying, oh God, you know, we did that. Mostly we're a consumer packaged goods company, but Somebody came to us and asked us if we could make a, a Snapchat filter, and we did. We did it that one time. We were just helping somebody out. I don't know why they came to us. I don't know that we want to be in the Snapchat business, but I don't want to ignore the opportunity to get more Snapchat business. Don't worry, I'm going to create the parallel of the employer brand just a second. And you say, okay, I don't want to give that up. And so they expand the circle to do it and everything, and suddenly there's no clarity. But if you're able to say, you know what? I don't ever want to, yes, the, the, the Snapchat project was profitable, it was fantastic, and I guess if another one showed up, I'd do it, but I don't want to be known for it. I want to be known for being all about Facebook for uh, millennials in Texas. I don't know, right? You just pick one. Um, that's what you do. Or you say, I'm, I want to be all about social media for millennial nomads, right? People without specific locations. And there's a whole audience there that you could tap in and say, look, I'm going to understand them better than anybody else so that if you want to reach that audience, you only come to me. That level of specificity gets you value. You are, you are the expert at that thing. So let's, again, let's create the, create the parallel back to employer brand. Yes, if you're all about supporting and collaborating, collaborativeness and supporting each other and being all go team, and someone walks in the door who's amazing, you don't, and they happen to really don't care about supportive teams, what they care about is their own personal development, yeah, you'll talk to them about personal development, but you're going to say, look, but what we're really all about is, pardon me, is about this sense of supportive teams, and maybe that's how we develop each other, through supportive teams. You might only care about development, but this is the way in which we do it. And by doing that, when they go out to LinkedIn and Glassdoor and Google and all those other places, and all they see is supportive teams, supportive teams, supportive teams, they go, okay, this is a company all about supportive teams. 
but it's going to appeal to me because it gets me what I want using the sense of supportive teams. And by being focused, I create validation. I create a sense of understanding and clarity. So if you've got a lot of reach and you need clarity, that's how you create clarity. Now, I, based on last week's episode, I'm not going to pretend that that's an easy process. It's not just a, oh, here, that's, this is what you're all about. Boom, you're all about this. Doesn't work that way, right? The bonsai tree model says, look, you're going to reveal who you are, but at the same time, you need to kind of shape who you are over time. And I think the phrase over time is probably I didn't state that hard enough. Uh, probably should have. This is a process that takes a long time. It is not something you just do. You start to do and you influence and you shape and you slowly shift the ground. So if you say, look, we're all about supportive teams, except the legal team is all about work-life balance, how do you not just say, look, I would love for you to express your value in terms of teamhood, to create clarity, but also stop talking about how you're all about work-life balance or all about whatever the thing is. You see, you're starting to prune some of the messages that don't align. Or you simply say, you're all about work-life balance because that's how you support your team. Effectively, that position is the frame through which you look at the entire brand. You're all about teams. You're all about supportive teams. Great. You're going to succeed because of employer, because of your great teams. You're going to give people opportunities because of this, those amazing teams. People are going to feel competitive from team to team. They're going to push themselves and push each other to do their best work because they support each other. They're going to focus on the mission. They're going to achieve things because of the supportive team, right? Everything is through this idea of supportive teams. Swap out supportive teams for focus on the mission. Swap out supportive teams for performance over everything else, right? The same thing applies. We work together really well because we're trying to do the best possible work. That's a performance message. We support each other or we, you know, we give each other space and we give each other time and we develop each other to, in order to perform at our peak. Those are performance messages. You're still touching on development. You're still touching on collaboration and support and mission and all those other things, but you're doing it through the lens of performance. You can do that all day long, but the goal is to focus it so that when you take a step back and you compare yourself against other brands, and you should be, you can kind of measure. You, and think of it as kind of a, a litmus test of how strong your brand is. So let's say your brand X, and then there's another company that's kind of similar to yours, or you see that as a major talent competitor, and we're going to call them brand Y, the competition. If you just focus on yourself, which I think at the beginning you should, Get to know who you are. Understand what's authentic. Understand what's real about your company. Understand what your company values, what it rewards, and what you're offering a candidate. Do that first. You got to get to know the brand. You got to get to know it inside now. And if, but the second you start to think like, oh yeah, I really get this brand and I've really communicated it very, very well, to which I would say, aha, now is the time that you audit your brand relative to another brand. That's when you whip out the little chart. That's when you do the little graph and you say reach versus clarity or clarity versus reach, depending on how you want to do it. I don't know which axis you want to use. I don't care. It really doesn't matter. You would say, look, if I was a candidate, and this is hard for you to do as an internal <laughs> prospect or an internal uh, uh, resource, what you want to do is put yourself in the shoes of a candidate and say, if I don't know anything about this company, 
What will I read on the career site? What will I read on the Glassdoor site? What will I read on LinkedIn? What will I read when I Google it? What will I read when I do a Google image search for what it's like to work at Company X? What will I see when I do that stuff? What will I see on the job posting? What do I see from a recruiter? What do I see? If I'm building my bird's nest about this brand, it is going to be based on what I see. So what do I see? Do I see 20 messages or do I see one? If I see one or two, is it cohesive and aligned? Am I achieving some sense of clarity? And just give yourself an arbitrary score. There's no real metric to this. There's no royal, that's an 8.5 on the 10 point scale. You, don't worry about that. That's not what this is about. We're not doing real math, kids. I would never do that to you. I would never make you do real math. I would never. I'm not that guy. How dare you assume? And then you're gonna look at reach. Things like how many followers, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on wherever. You're gonna look at how many people viewed you on Glassdoor. You're gonna look at how many visits you have on your website. You're gonna go to places, um, there are places, and I can't necessarily say it because if I do it, the little robot butler shows up, but it's Alex something uh. Hold on, checking, okay, didn't. If you go to that.com, I think that's a good way of checking relative baselines, external web traffic. So you can say, what's my correct my website traffic versus their website traffic? If you don't use that, you can't know. You can know yours via whatever analytics tool package you use, but you can't know theirs. And you can't compare your Google Analytics, for example, versus their Alex something uh, um, because it's apples to oranges. Those numbers will never jive up. So you want to comp use the same tool to compare both sites. Anyway, there you go. So you're going to look at followers. You're going to look at traffic. You're going to look at social mentions. You're going to look at... Um, how well they do in search ranking. So if you search for a project, a, a job that both companies have, let's call it a project manager or a product manager or a developer or whatever, and you go to Google search or Google jobs and you search for it, who shows up first, you or them? That's a function of reach. If you're higher in the search rankings, that means more eyeballs are gonna see it. Do the same thing on Indeed. Do the same thing on other job boards you use. Go nuts. That's how you measure the reach. And if it turns out that you have more clarity than they do, but less reach than they do, your job immediately should be to extend the reach. If you have more reach than clarity than they do, your job is to focus the clarity. Now, I started off this by whole process by saying the employer brand is never solved, that it's an infinite game. And let me tell you why. So once you understand this concept of that graph and how to compare yourself to others, that's a great way to kind of approach kind of the gig of an employer brand. I want to make sure I get this notes because I wrote this down. I was like, oh, wow, that seems like something. So as your brand becomes more clear, as you increase your clarity, your job is then to extend the reach. But as it reach extends out, clarity becomes harder to maintain. So for example, as you focus your message, good, now your job is to push it out to the world. As you push it out to the world, you're looping in more and more people to help communicate that message, to extend that reach. But every person you add to that process is another opportunity for someone to say, yeah, but we really also do this other thing and to complicate things. So if you have 10 people, 10, let's call them advocates for lack of a better word, you have 10 people talking about how your brand is amazing for people who love to be the best of the best. And you, and you say, this is working, you've got clarity, and now you extend the reach. And you say, I want 10 more people to become advocates. And one of them, the other nine do a great job. They say, yeah, it's all about performance. Great, we want to be the best of the best. But one of them says, we're about performance via 
competition. Ooh, wait, huh? That got complicated. It's the first time I've talked about comp- uh, competition. It's the first time I've heard from a comp- competition. I haven't seen it in other places. Wait a second, what is this guy talking about or this girl talking about? And suddenly, what was clear becomes less clear, right? If I have 19 people singing an A, an A, a, a natural, not a sharp, not a flat, and they're all singing an A, and somebody sings an A sharp, suddenly that song is out of tune right right just one person one just just a little off complicates it and you lose any sense of harmony any sense of cohesion any sense of clarity of your brand so as your brand extends the reach it becomes harder and harder to maintain the focus of clarity and you don't want to extend the reach until you achieve clarity and every time you take a step forward in creating that clarity, you go to take a step forward and reach, which makes the keeping the clarity harder, which is why you can never solve an employer brand, which is why you can never say, boom, it's done. Because every new person who walks in the door is an opportunity to add a mess to your employer brand, to make the clarity just go bye-bye, gone, to just obviate it completely. That's what makes employer brands so interesting. Remember, we've talked about how you don't control, but you influence. And your job is to influence others to talk about certain bullet points and talk about certain touch points and to create that alignment, that cohesion, that clarity that is part of the job. It's not just, it's not good enough just to know what the EVP is. If no one else knows the EVP or no one else talks about or, or talks around bullet points surrounding the EVP or the pillars around the EVP or whatever you want to call it. If no one else is playing that game, what was the value of having an EVP? Just to say you have it? No, the value comes when everybody goes, oh, that's what we're all about. Got it. I will talk about that. It's simply a a star to which everybody aligns their own boats. They're all sailing to the same far distant point in the sky. That's the job. And when you have more and more people added to it, it makes your job just that much harder. And your instinct might be to say going back to David C. Baker, to extend your position and say, okay, as we get bigger, I don't want to ignore the fact that that 20th person started to talk about competition and say, yeah, 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 you're right. It's our brand is all about performance through competition. If that's not true, don't say it. What you need to do is figure out how do you get that one person closer aligned to the core of what your EVP and your employer brand really is. Not You might decide, hey, look, we would like you to not be an advocate. You're not singing along with the company tune. And I would say it differently. And I don't think anybody should parrot the company line. I think they should find a way to speak about their experience authentically, but in such a way that it doesn't completely go counter to everything else everybody else might hear. Anything that adds other notes that are not within that kind of scale creates dissonance. And suddenly I went from math to music, ma- music theory, and I apologize because I know effectively nothing about music theory or color theory, but whatever, moving on. Um, that's the problem. That's the game we play as employer brand professionals. We're always extending our reach because reach is obvious. Hey, we have more followers than they do. Hey, we have more fans than they do. Hey, look, we have a bigger website than they do. Hey, look, we show up in search engines better than they do. That's, that's easy to measure. But if you're extending your reach and losing your clarity, you are ruining any value extending your reach might have. So if you can't do both in lockstep, you got to be careful of doing any of it. And that's what makes our job so much fun. All right, so yes, employer brand is never solved. Yes, I mean, maybe 
ping me. Maybe I'll write some sketch up some notes on this so you can actually see the graph. And maybe I'll turn it into a blog post. Actually, you know what? That's a great idea, James. Thanks for asking. Thanks. Thanks so much, James. I'm glad I can be of help. Yeah. Yes, it is. I'm not schizophrenic. I'm just a little crazy. Um, that's a good idea. Maybe I'll talk about that next time. Anyway, um, thanks so much for listening. Uh, if you have any questions, thoughts, issues, want to complain, want to ask me questions, want to challenge me, love it. Go to the Twitter at the War for Talent or go to the talentcast.com, you know, LinkedIn, other places I exist on the digital interwebs. Um, always happy to talk to you. Thanks so much. Um, Oh, I'm doing a tweet chat in India of all places, which is crazy because I'm not in India. And of course, I will not be going to India for the tweet chat. It's on Twitter, but it's for Indian audience, but it's great. But I'm so thrilled to kind of, you know, kind of talk about this stuff to brand new audiences. Um, Super pumped for this. So if you get a chance, if you're up at uh, seven in the morning and want to watch me tweet, I don't know why you would want to, but you know, hey, maybe you're, that's just what you do. Doing that, I think, a week from Friday. So looking forward to that. Otherwise, uh, ping me, talk to me, share the podcast, talk about it, whatever you want. Thanks so much for listening. I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Well, the music means you've made it to the end of another episode of the Talent Cast. If this was useful to you, do not keep it a secret. Share it with your team. Share it with your boss. Share it with your networks. I don't know. Share it with your mom. Uh, if you have questions you'd like me to answer on a future show or just, you know, general ideas about how to make this thing better, just ping me on Twitter. You know, I'm at the War for Talent. At the War for Talent. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye.